Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Tonight, we are running a one-shot, The Good Boys. It was written by Sean Little, and I have altered it just a bit. Uh, this will be version three. But before we begin, we have two new patrons. Michael Root has pledged, 10, has pledged $10 a month to our club. And Max Meltzer, one of our frequent players, has pledged $5 a month. Into the Darkness does not monetize its videos on YouTube. Any advertisements that may appear are from the creators of the music we sometimes use. Our only support comes from our wonderful patrons. Without them, we couldn't produce and publish so many shows. That being said, once again, thank you, Michael and Max, for your generosity. And now, without any further delay, let's begin our journey in the darkness. <clears throat> it's late, October 1951. It's about 10.30 at night. And the full moon is slowly rising past the treetops. Three men stand in a grove of trees on the edge of a parking lot in the small town of Bailey, Maine. They were told where to find the man. They were told that he was not what he appeared to be. Make sure that boys, old father O'Leary had told them, I can absolve you of the sin of killing a monster without alerting the authorities, but make a mistake and kill some innocent soul and they'll be held to pay. These three men were part of a secret organization within the Catholic Church called Magna Mater. Their identities had been obscured. They were ghosts, and their purpose was to hunt monsters. The moon was climbing to its zenith when the old man appeared. His name was Cleveland Franco. He was dressed in rags and pushing a shopping cart filled with junk. He was heading to a small stairwell that he used to shelter himself from the cold wind. The boys could feel the tension rise in their muscles. As they waited, they prayed for clarity. The monster's transformation would come soon, and the hunt would begin. So you guys are about maybe 100, 150 feet from where this man is climbing down into the stairwell at the back of a building. He's put his shopping cart there. And what do you guys do? Is it our protocol to wait for the monster to come out as it were, or does that not matter? Um, you you want to make sure. Okay. All right. Michael, why don't you stay out of sight? All right. You remember you're all dressed in black, so you really can't be seen very well at all. What do you think, do you? Denny? You want to move in? Yeah, let's uh, let's take a walk a little closer. There are lights in the parking lot that are shining down. Casual like. Yeah, okay. we'll have Michael split off, and if there's trouble, he'll be behind him. All right. As you are walking across the parking lot, the man seems to be fiddling with some of the things in his uh, shopping cart and pulling them out and dragging them down the stairwell. There's a moment when uh, he is sort of obscured from your view as he goes down to, towards the bottom of the stairwell. 
this is, you know, just like a brick. Um, it's in the floor, probably going to the basement of the building. Uh, and it's probably, probably drops down about 10 feet. There's an iron railing going around two sides of it. And then the, the building itself is on the other side. Um, how do you, I would like to close in to maintain vision, but I look at Hank before I do so. Okay. Um, in order to maintain uh, uh, seeing the guy, you would have to literally go right up to the edge and look down because he's moved down into the stairwell. I will, I will give it a minute and then I will go to the stairwell. Okay. He, uh, you see him pop up a couple of times. He seems to be doing something down there. Um, but eventually, he's no longer visible. You can see that he's gone down below. You can still hear him, though. You can hear him moving stuff around. Tell me how you approach. If I could approach literally um, just in it, not, not crawling on the ground, but just as, lo as low as I can make my profile and um, just minimum speed to just um, approach with the utmost caution. Okay. Are, are you going to approach? Um, so imagine it's a rectangle. Okay. One end is open and then there's a railing around the other two sides and then the building. So are you going to approach where the opening is or where the railing is, the long side, the short side? Oh, the short side. Okay. Uh, so the short side where the railing is. Okay. Yes. All right. So you go running up there. How about, how about Hank and uh, Denny? Uh, I'm going to go low and slow. And assuming that there is an entrance to the basement on the outside, there's probably an entrance to the basement on the inside of the building as well. Is, are there lights on on the first floor? No, this is 1030 at night. Um, and you're not, you're not certain whether he's even going into the building or not. Okay. Then I'll wait at the top of the railing. Okay. And uh, Hank? I'm going to slowly, very slowly descend the stairs in a casual manner. Like, okay. So you're going to uh, actually go to where the entrance casual. to the stairwell is. Sorry, what? You're going to where the st the entrance yes. to the stairwell is. Yes. Okay. So this is open to the outside. Uh, it's, it's on the outside of the building. Um, so as you come closer, um, what you see when you, when you finally get up to where you can see down into the stairwell is he's doing something. It's like he's almost, you know, building a nest the way an animal does. Um, he's moving cardboard around and he's, he's getting it in place. And he looks, it, it reminds you very much of like a, a dog would do, the way a dog would, would make its little nest. Um, the moon now is approaching, you know, right overhead. And a few beams of light are starting to shine a little bit down into the stairwell and light it up. Uh, I'd like you all to do clarity rolls. I fumbled 100. Oh my God. Normal. 
Okay. Uh, how'd you do, Hank? Uh, that's a fail. You also failed? All right. Um, he, From your perspectives, he's kind of, you can see the, the tattered clothes and stuff that he's wearing. But Michael, when you look down from your, from your angle, because you're at a different spot, um, he has way too much hair on his body. Uh, it's all of the places in his clothing where um, there's a hole or, or any sort of aperture. You can see large, thick, black hair. And you start to notice that the shape of his face is changing in the moonlight, almost like, uh, well, kind of what you'd expect a werewolf uh, to be doing. He also seems to be growling. What do you guys do? Hank, are you seeing what I'm seeing? No. You're seeing something it. like uh, I don't think I've seen anything like this, but some, something like lycanthrope, like a werewolf thing. That sounds okay. like that's our sign to move in. Yeah, lucky. I got a 96. He didn't hear you say anything. He seems so too preoccupied. So I will um, approach him with, with my garret drawn. Okay, um, so you're on the outside of the railing. Okay. Um, Hank is coming. She's at the top of the He's at the top of the stairs. So he's got direct access. And Danny, okay. you're in between on the outside of the railing. You could climb over the railing. It's just you know, three feet high. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. I mean, if that's what you want to do. And Michael, you can do the same if you want. Yeah, I'll sneak up uh, with Michael. Can do a mm -hmm. can coordinate. I'd like to make room for them to take the front because the garage seems to be a really good, like opening strategy. So yeah, okay. Make room for Mike. All I right. take a knife that's this big out of my, out my, baton. my coat. Yeah. Okay. So Michael, you're going to make the first strike with your garage. You're going to try to surprise yeah. him. All right. I would like you to do a stealth roll. In fact, you can all three do stealth rolls. I'm going to spend some luck to pass. 14 luck. I will too. I okay. will would, it, would it make a difference to spend just four luck to make an extreme? No. Okay. Uh, it's a hard success. Regular. Right. Um, Regular. So you're, you're in position. You're like ready to spring. And... Uh, you can now make your attack if you wish to. He hasn't noticed you. Okay. And now that you're much closer, Denny and Hank can once again do clarity rolls. Oh, 07 this time. 24. Yes, much better. Okay. There's definitely an, uh, a, there, you're starting to notice an overwhelming sort of stench, like rotten death coming off of the guy and you start to notice the hair too that in this in the moonlight that's increasing that there's definitely this thing isn't human i failed my attack roll okay so michael leaps forward to try and garrot the thing and the thing turns around and when it does it has this horrifying sort of black wrinkled face with big dog fangs hanging out and its eyes seem to be glowing almost yellow um it's startled by michael 
and it it leaps back and then starts swinging its big prodigious claws at him. Um, you guys are kind of outside that circle, uh, and Michael's kind of blocking you, but you could probably get past him if you want. Michael, what do you do? Um, I will switch tactics um, and pull out my switchblade and just try to get it in the chest as best as I can. Okay. So, well, it's trying to attack you, so you're trying to attack back? Yes, attack back. Okay. Go ahead and roll. Uh, one point away from hitting. That's a miss. Did you want to spend luck? Oh, you can spend. Okay. Yes. You can I will. spend luck. David got it wrong the other night. Oh, got it. On. Got it. Uh, yes. I will spend um, one luck to hit. Okay. So as it's, it suddenly howls like a, a horrible beast um, as uh, you bring the knife across its, uh, maybe you're aiming for its chest, its throat. Um it tries to hit you with its arm, but it doesn't quite connect. Um, so you're not injured at all, but you definitely do some injury to it. What do you want to, uh, how much uh, damage do you do? That is just three. Okay. So you cut it and it it's, tries to, uh, it suddenly reacts in a frightened manner, it starts to try to climb out of the um, the stairwell. It's going to try to leap up and get out the other way. What do you? What does uh, Hank and Denny do? Uh, I'd like to leap onto its back and start stabbing away. Okay, go ahead and do a, a brawl. Okay, I got a hard. Okay, and uh, if you'd like damage, let me know. Uh, yeah, and and Hank, what are you doing while he's doing that? Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna climb up. I I feel like this the, we're all too close, so I'm gonna climb back up in case he makes it over the railing. Okay, what'd you do? Seven. Seven. All right. So yeah. you sort of jump onto its back. It already has one injury, and you start plunging your knife into its back. The thing howls, and uh, you're almost afraid that. Somebody nearby might be able to hear, but you're actually in kind of a remote area. Um, you saw lights in the distance, but those are probably too far. If you'd have fired your gun, somebody might have heard. But in this case, you plunge your knife in. The creature, uh, uh, it, it, it violently shakes. It, it tries to get away. It, there's a last moment when it sort of looks up into uh, Hank's face, who's up above, and it, it loses consciousness and it, it falls to the ground down below. You can see it's leaking kind of a black ichor instead of blood. And uh, its face is distorted, but kind of goes calm. And now it's there at the bottom of the stairwell. It's and twitching, but it's stopping its movements. After the quarrel, Michael just rolls on his back, exhausted and breathing. And he's just close. He just has his eyes closed and he's on his back, holding his weapon at his side. You're getting sloppy, my friend. I'm going to help you up. I finish the job, gentlemen. For God's sake, it's not dead yet. I'll stab I, it in the heart. Or actually, Michael. Sure. Um, I, I plunge my switchblade into its heart. Okay. Um, and it, it stops moving. The smell is really bad. 
<laughs> Never get used to that. Now, what you've done in the past is you'll burn the body, but you don't necessarily have to do that. For some reason, it's your clarity that allows you to see these things. So the most that anybody will find is a dead homeless man. At least that's what they'll see. Um, so it's up to you what you want to do. Uh, the back of this building is all brick, too. So a fire in the stairwell won't start the building on fire. Do we need a clean up here? I always lean towards one. Always, you know, kind of frame it as homeless man trying to keep warm at night. Accidents happen. Yeah, he fell into it. That makes yeah, sense we'll to me. Up. Yeah. All right. So, are you going to hop back in your car? You've parked your car. You always park your car at a slightly remote location, and then walk to the venue or wherever you're going to go. Um, so you know your car is parked, you know, like one block over next to the parking lot. By the grace of God. All right. Indeed. Amen. So you head back to the car. Um, you feel kind of uh, exhilarated because of the, uh, the action. Um, you get back in your car. You, these locations where you're sent to are not usually um, tremendously far, but sometimes it's the next state over. Sometimes it's, you know, the other end of, uh, of Maine. In this case, it's about an hour and a half drive back to the monastery, which is located uh, up in the woods uh, in a fairly remote area. And in fact, it was an abandoned monastery. So it doesn't look like anybody's living there. You guys have kind of made it so that it looks dark and nobody comes there. Um, it takes you an hour and a half or so to drive home. So it's close to midnight when you arrive back in the monastery compound. You, um, you get out of your car. You figure you can take care of your equipment in the morning. Um, you go back inside, and uh, once you open the door, um, you see, I mean, there's a, there, there are lights, but there are no electric lights. They're kerosene lamps. There's one or two of them. And you can see Father O'Leary. He's, uh, he's in a chair, uh, probably waiting up for you, and uh, he's, he's asleep, uh, so he's snoring away. Um, and you notice that there are a couple of uh, whiskey bottles. Uh, so he's uh, he's been nipping at the, the whiskey. He's sitting in his chair. I'll gently shake him. What? What? Ah, oh, oh, boys, you're back. Yeah, How did it go? Done. It's done. Oh. It's very clean. Thanks be to the Lord. None of you were injured. You're all okay. Yeah. The you Lord is leave. my refuge and my fortress. You didn't leave any uh, any way to trace you back then? No, Father. Excellent, excellent, boys. Well, 
there's some mulligan stew on the on the on the the stove if you want to eat something. I don't know if you're hungry or not, and uh, and you can head off to bed. And uh, in the morning, I'm going to have to do some shopping, bring uh, bring back some supplies. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm pretty tired. Uh, I've uh, I've had a little bit too much, so I'm going to retire to my room. Careful with the drink, Father. You know what they say, Matthew, about the unprofitable servant. Ah, oh, Matthew wasn't Irish, was he? <laughs> and he, I suppose uh, not, Father. He, he's he's kind of a plump fellow, so he uh, he gets up with a groan and. Uh, good night, boys. Night, Father. Good night, Father. Night, Father. Uh, he goes to his room and he closes the door. You guys wanted to. I don't know about you two, but I could eat a bear. So I'll grab one of the whiskey bottles. Eh? Celebration? Yeah. Dinner? We'll nice celebrate. Snack. No, I don't drink, but feel free. Oh, go on, Mike. Some stew then. Come on. Drink I'll makes it stew. easier. All right. So you have some stew. You have a little whiskey, except for Michael, who uh, just drinks water. Um, the monastery is an um, interesting place. You realize that it's all for security, that you guys have, uh, you guys have to be invisible. Um, even in, in case one of you is actually caught, um, somebody in the Catholic Church will probably rescue you, but... Uh, you, you guys don't really have identities. Uh, and it's been that way for a long time. You, you can't even remember much. You didn't like the orphanage. It was, it was pretty harsh, and you really didn't like the war. So you've tried to block most of that from your mind. Um, but you do like hunting monsters and killing them. Uh, the mulligan stew is good. Uh, the, so the place is kind of sparse. Like I see, there's kerosene lamps. Um, and it's semi-primitive. Your, your rooms are simple. Monks in monasteries usually live in pretty Spartan conditions. Uh, you can, when you go into your rooms, your rooms are literally so small, you can touch both sides, both walls with your hands. It's just basically a cot and a chair and a peg on the wall where you can hang your clothes. Um, is there anything you want to do this evening? Michael Murphy uh, sits wherever there is space and on the floor. If there's nowhere there's, else, there's he chairs just, and a table. He goes through the beads of the rosary and kisses the carved Christ over and over again as he's going through each bead and sees saying mumbling prayers. Okay. I'm, I'm also in deep prayer. Okay. I'm, I'm praying over a glass of whiskey. Hank is just watching the two of them at it. Okay. So it's, it gets later. It's about one o'clock. You guys are exhausted. Um, you left You left the monastery um, like early in the evening and drove for an hour and a half. Did your job and then drove back. So you're pretty tired. You've got some alcohol in you. At least some of you do. Doyle, you said your prayers. Uh, uh, what do you do next? I assume you're going to go to bed. Yeah, I'm going to head to bed. All right. uh, actually, before I go to bed, I'll do my uh, evening exercise routine. 
Okay. So I keep myself in shape. All I right. will go to my room and carve a little tally in a, a hidden spot that I uh, kind of hide behind a panel. Okay. Um, so, Hank, where exactly are you doing that? This is my bedroom. This would be in a private place. So say like on the edge of your bedstead or. Yeah, let's, we'll say um, like the headboard, if there is one, like maybe on the side that touches the wall, I'd kind of pull it away and, okay. and carve another little tally. You uh, do a, do an intelligence roll. Okay. Oh yeah. That's an 06. Okay. Um. With the new mark that you've made, there are only three marks at this point. Mm -hmm. So you all go into your rooms and you go to bed. I'd like you all to do uh, power rolls. No, that's a fail. Success. A hard success. Okay. Hard, regular. Fail. Okay. So, Hank, as you drift off to sleep, you have a very odd sort of dream. It's not clear at all, it's like seen through a fishbowl that's foggy so things seem distorted theme things don't seem clear there's colors there's light um but nothing really clear you think you think that there is that there is something above your head sort of floating in the air that seems to be um balls of color uh, but they're not really distinct and as you are experiencing this uh, something something with multiple arms seems to come around your waist and to start crawling itself up onto your body you can't see what it is but it's kind of dark, maybe pink, and it startles you, and you wake up, um, and it's morning coming in. Um, it's a very strange dream. Uh, Michael, did you have the hard? Okay, Doyle. Um, you have a dream where you... It, it has the same quality. I'll just say it has the same quality. It's it's very obscure. It's blurry. It it seems like you're looking through a, some sort of like crystal ball. So everything is kind of wrapped around. You think that you're in a city somewhere. Um, you think there are tall buildings, but they're very blurry. So it's more just rectangles of of light going like this. And there's someone 
far up ahead that's moving towards you, but there's no, there's just blankness where any kind of features would be. And it kind of looks like some sort of bizarre monster mannequin thing as it's coming and it's reaching out to grab a hold of you when you also wake up in the morning. Michael, um, you are in a room and it feels very claustrophobic. Um, once again, this strange blurriness is there. Um, there are bodies all around you. Um, they're, they're upright, they're standing, but they're all completely featureless. It's almost as if there's no arms or legs. They're like pegs with bumps on the top of them. You see colors, but you don't see if there's hair. It, it almost seems like they're bowling pins all around you. And they're different colors and they're moving. And um, all of a sudden, there's something bright in the distance. And this flaming light starts moving towards you. And as it's moving towards your face, you also wake up and realize that something's very strange. Uh, you don't have a clue what any of that meant, any of you. But you wake up in the morning to the smell of bacon. Michael has tears streaming down his face. He interprets the dream as the light is this redemptive figure that comes and dispels the evil. So um, he begins praying immediately as soon as he awakes. Just gratitude. Okay. So as you guys get up and do your morning hygiene, um, you can smell bacon. Father O'Leary's in the kitchen. He's been cooking, uh, cooking up your breakfast. Ah, boys, uh, come and get some breakfast. Smells delicious, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. He's set the table. He's uh, putting the food down. Well, boys. Says I've we've got a lot to do today. I've got to uh, run to town and uh, get some supplies. I'd like you to clean the place up a bit while I'm gone. You know what they say: cleanliness is next to godliness. It also says moderation in food and drink. Remember that as well. Perhaps you'd like to stay in the monastery when we're all done with our jobs. <laughs> Now, boys, you earned you've earned your indulgences because of your uh, your work for the church. Says, but uh, stay in the compound. We can't afford anybody to see in you and figuring out where you're coming from. And he says, uh, "Well, it, he starts cleaning up. Uh, you guys, you guys are eating. He sits down and eats with you, um, and he tends to kind of eat in silence." But he doesn't really care if you guys are chit-chatting. Pass the coffee. Please. uh, As I pass the coffee, I say, um, about last night, um, uh, was anyone else a little 
uh, troubled by that? No, that not at all. Killing the the homeless man, the the werewolf. No. Is Monster. your is your uh, faith faltering, Michael? No, not at all. Not at all. You're right. I need to find more resolve. Now, Denny, stop, uh, stop pestering Michael. Let him eat his food. <laughs> you guys, uh, yes, father. You guys stop worrying about what you're doing and uh, just focus on the on the moment at hand, which is cleaning the place up. Of course, father. And now I'm going to be off. You can do the dishes. And uh, he he packs up. You guys have an old. Well, it's it's the only car you have, but it's an old, uh, I don't know, Chrysler. And uh, it's black, of course. And uh, he walks out to it, and he gets in, and you hear it start up, and he drives out of the compound. So what are you guys going to do? Michael will get right to the chores assigned. Okay. Michael's going to take care of it. I'm going to do my morning exercise routine. Okay. What's your morning exercise routine? Uh, well, uh, I'm going to do a lot of uh, push-ups. going to do some pull-ups on the door frame as well, toning my body for the battle, the future battles I must fight. And uh, Hank? Now, knowing Mike is the most diligent of all of us, I'll I'll help but move slowly, knowing that he'll do most of it. Okay. So, Denny, um, you uh, you have a routine that you follow to keep physically fit. Um, but something something interesting kind of happens this morning. You, you mentioned um, doing pull-ups from the door frame. Yep. But as you you walk you you walk out of the kitchen area into kind of the living area, um, you can't exactly remember which door frame you usually use to do. I mean, any of them will do, but um, you're. Not sure if you do the one right outside the kitchen or if you do the one by the bedroom. Or... It's strange. Uh, maybe I'll ask. Uh, I'm going to ask Michael then. Hey, I'm having a little trouble remembering my routine. Do you know where I usually do my pull-ups? Michael, you don't think you've ever observed any doing any kind of exercise routine? Uh, what do you mean exercise routine, Denny? Every every morning and every evening, I do my exercise routine. What? I can't remember Is this where an I exercise do. of the faith, Denny. No, it's one of the body. Okay, I'll I'll uh, ask Hank. I'll ask Hank. I'll let you do the cleaning. Hank, Hank? do you remember where I work out? Thank you. You've never seen him work out. I mean, he'll occasionally go outside and walk around the building and stuff like that. And, but you don't recall seeing him do any kind of physical exercise. I mean, obviously, he's in good shape. Right, right. But work out, Denny. You don't need to work out. Look at you. You're in good shape. 
I, I always have to work out to prepare. That's news to me if you do. It's most troubling. Denny, I'll just pick a stop. Can you do an, uh, an intelligence roll? Uh, 96, that's failure. Okay. So 96, that's failure. So you, um, you're kind of annoyed. You're kind of annoyed at both of them. Do they not pay any attention to what you're doing? Um, and the phrase comes to you, you want to say, well, I just exercised yesterday right there. But you don't really remember exercising yesterday. And you suddenly find it difficult to remember the last time you actually exercised. Hmm. 96, you can't quite remember the last time you ever exercised. And it's just trying to remember exercising? Right. Your, your daily routine. Do you do right. pull-ups and then sit-ups? Yes. Except that, that sounds you, right. It sounds right at first, but then you're not quite sure. I... It feels I, very, you, you have a very strange feeling. Like, I think I need to get some air, so I will take a walk around the monastery. Okay. Um, Hank, uh, Hank and Michael, uh, you are doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. um, after the dishes, you look around and, you know, it should probably use some sweeping and some dusting. It's, it's fairly dusty. Um, the monastery is not huge, but it probably at its height had 20 or 30 monks in it. So, you know, there's enough room for that many people. Um, in this case, it's just the, the four of you, the three of you and Father O'Leary. Mm -hmm. um, there is, a, there is um, an ice box, but uh, it's the old-fashioned kind, uh, since there's no electricity here. Um, there's a stove, a working stove, which is gas. Um, and uh, uh, there, there's no, there are no, I mean, there's the hurricane lanterns. There's no real form of entertainment either. You might have a, a, a box of checkers, uh, but there's no radio or television or anything like that. There's 1951 television was just becoming a thing. There's also no uh, no books or magazines. You're living pretty monastically. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I should have said that your beds are basically planks with kind of like a soft foam rubber mm -hmm. on top of them, but that's about it. I'll tell you, Mike, you got to stop writing the old man about his vices. In his age, he deserves the indulgences. If you say so. I'm going to pick up a broom and okay. kind of half-heartedly sweep the floor. So, Denny, you're on the outside. You're walking around the monastery. Um, the gardens are, of course, in really shabby shape. At some point, they were used to raise food for the, the monastery, but that hasn't happened in a long time. Um you guys have 
it feels like you've done a little bit of exploring just uh, most of these are just long long rooms with little rooms on either side with nothing in them maybe a desk here and there but that's about it um and not even the kind with drawers just you know place to sit um it's in it's in bad shape it's probably been it was probably abandoned um 30 years ago and uh it's maybe 15 minutes drive to get to the nearest little town which is where father o'leary would be getting the groceries from all right but other than that it's it's what you'd expect i'm taking in the fresh air paint Um, is peeling yeah fresh air is good for you and i'm trying to remember my some other memories i'm worried about my memories what do you try to remember uh, when we first came to the monastery. Okay. That's something I would remember, I'd hope. Do a willpower roll. Okay. And that's a 51 out of 65 pass. Okay. You, you start concentrating on that, and something that... Um, sort of runs through your mind is, you know, you can hear Father O'Leary, you know, telling you boys not to worry about things, to focus on the moment, focus on what your mission is, and uh, not to worry about anything else because it's not important. Uh, and so you you kind of took that to heart, but now you find it difficult to remember exactly how long you've been here. You know that it happened sometime after the war. I'm getting a little angry. Yeah. Yeah. You find that your memory is, is you're having a little bit of problems with your memory. Um, and it, but, but the events of the last couple of days, you do remember quite clearly. You definitely remember last night, like it was yesterday. And there was there was um, there was one about a week ago, um, which was this this creature. It was almost insect like uh, that you guys attacked. Um, it was hideous, and you killed it. And uh, but before that, you've kind of blocked your memories. You've kind of. Maybe the, the, the scare of it, the trauma, the fear that you felt at first has caused you to create a mental block. Okay. Um, Hank and Michael, uh, you guys are cleaning up the place. I'd like you both to do spot hiddens. That is a success. Success as well, yeah. regular success. Yeah. Yes. All right. So you guys are dusting. You guys are are sweeping, cleaning up as you're walking around. And almost at the same time, it sort of occurs to you as you guys are cleaning. Things feel familiar. You've been here. You think a while. But you just suddenly notice that, you know, why aren't there more crosses? 
Um, in fact, there aren't any crosses or anything like that on the wall. There's not a there's not a picture of Jesus or or anything like that. Um, maybe they took them all, you know, when they moved from the monastery. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't find anything like that. Hank, um, has it ever come to your attention that um, as sparsely as this place is adorned, um, you don't have any reminders of, of Christ anywhere? You read my mind, Mike. I was just thinking that myself. I could have sworn there were adornments it feels like there's always been right when did they take those down maybe denny's onto something he seemed odd this morning maybe maybe we should find him that's a good idea okay you guys look outside and yeah denny's just you know sort of wandering around um Maybe Denny's over by a tree that he's leaning mm. up against. Um, yeah, I'm leaning up air. against a tree. Eyes closed. I'll go get him. Denny, right. Denny. Hank, can you remember that creature we fought last week? Do I remember? Yeah, the insect thing. Yeah, bug, bug, a bug-like thing, yes. How many have we killed? I keep a tally. Let 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 me go look. Let me go look. I Mike and I were just talking about this. We can't. Has the monastery always been missing all of the religious iconography? I, I can't remember. It's the first time you've noticed. I'm going to go look at my bed. This is very weird. Find out where my tally marks are. All right. Should, am I going with you? I'll go with you. Yeah, I'll dig Come on, this is weird. Uh, you find your marks, and there are only three marks. All right, Wolfman, Insect. Insect. And then... What was the first one? I don't... Um, Do you think there was... Everybody do um, intelligence rules. No. Uh, O2. Denny, you do distinctly remember there was this creature. It at at first it looked like a rather tall gentleman, um, almost butler-like, like a butler um, at this estate. Uh, but once you once the the jig was up, once it revealed itself to you, it was something that you kind of refer to as the imposter. It was this bizarre white-faced um, shark-toothed thing uh, that could mimic other people. And it was quite, uh, quite frightening. And uh, you remember the look on its face was uh, terrifying. 
as you guys dispatched it, like uh, like it was going to try and mimic what you guys were. Now, did any of these monsters get any hits on us? Um, some of them managed to hit you, but you don't, you didn't uh, get any wounds. You guys are pretty well armed, and the creatures didn't really have any clue that you were coming after them. I'm starting to question my faith. We've Benny? been here for years, right? Then why is years. there only three? Whatever. Do you remember fighting more than that? Mike, no. do you remember fighting more than that? No. Uh, it, perhaps the Lord has seen fit to um, obscure that which might harm us out of its immense um immense detrimental satanic weight it's you're telling me the lord replaced the beds because hank would have marked them all up you think father's oh, he's not a prankster should we go look in his room maybe there's answers there you figure You've probably got about another hour before he'll get back from shopping. I think we should. Yeah. I'll ask for forgiveness and not permission. I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to pry into the man's personal life. I just want to know what's going on with us. If there are answers about us. Okay. So you go down the hallway. It's 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 one of the doors in the hallway where your bedrooms are. Um, uh, you uh, there are no locks on the inside. So um, I mean, even your doors aren't locked. Uh, so you go up to his door, and uh, it's you know, just grab a hold of the handle, and it opens. Um, inside his room is uh, a bed, same as yours, just planks of wood with uh, a foam mattress on it. Uh, his, uh, uh, his blanket is all rumpled at the foot of this, his bed. There's uh, his little desk is there. The chair is pulled out and uh, there seem to be a couple of pieces of paper crumpled up um, on his desk. And um, what you're kind of surprised at is that he doesn't, that he hasn't, you know, cleaned his room. Because you guys all have immaculate room. Your rooms are kept clean. Bit hypocritical, what, considering what he insists we keep this place tidy everywhere else, if you ask me. Well, at least we have an excuse. We're cleaning his room. I suppose you're right. I, I do begin cleaning the room. <laughs> okay. We're good boys. Where do you clean? What do you do? I want to um I, I want to just move um everything into a place where it can be like in a cabinet or whatever sort of Okay. Yeah, there's there's no cabinets or anything. There's there's a bed, there's a, a desk with a chair, uh there's no drawers, uh there's kerosene lamp, and there are pegs on the wall 
on the wall, uh, one of the pegs has, I guess, what you'd say like alternative row. He wears black robes. So there's I just want to distinguish between trash and put the trash away and then the stuff that it looks like you would want, I'll put onto okay. his desk. Um when you when you get to the trash, well, there's not much else in here. So when you get to the trash that's on his desk, um it's rather colorful, um, shiny paper. Um do you look at it? Do you uncrumple it? Yes. They're candy wrappers. You can't remember the last time you were allowed to have candy. He is a man of no temperance. And he left? Nope. It's like a Milky Way bar or three Mm. musketeers. Rules for thee, but not for me, I suppose. But the the other two, are you guys also cleaning the room? Yeah, I'm searching around for any secret compartments. Do a do a spot hidden for me. Yeah, I am as well. I'm an expert. That I got a hard. Is a hard as well for me. Yeah. Okay. So you guys, like I say, there's very little in the room. There's no closets or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. There is a window. Uh, which can be opened. Um, But as you guys are looking around the bed, uh, you both notice just about the same time that there is something jammed between the bed, the the wooden bed frame and the wall, sort of towards the end, like like it's being hidden there. It's purple, like a purple piece of wood you can't quite say but there's there's writing on it there's white writing on it let's check that out what is it? yeah what does that say what does that say you um yeah you put your fingers to the sides of it and and lift on it and it comes out in your hand it is a small paperback novel strangers on a train by patricia highsmith Like Once again, you it. guys aren't allowed to read anything. Right. And this is looks like a dime store novel. Um, circa one year ago. It's a new uh, book, but it's well-worn, like it's been read many, many times or read through. I will say what's on all our minds. Um, it appears as though our good father... Um, is not very observant of our um, monastic lifestyle. Everybody do idea rules. Maybe he's the devil in disguise. Pass. I got no eight. Hard. So failure. Uh, extreme. Uh, hard. Yeah. Your your relationship with the father. I mean. You you have a lot of respect for him, but then again, you have a lot of respect for any priest. Um, he's friendly and he's kind enough. Uh, he's very focused on the mission at hand. Um, but he's also a human being, you know. Um, 
He's never asked you to do anything that you would consider wrong or sinful other than killing monsters. Um, in fact, he's very adamant that you make sure that you don't hurt anyone who is not a monster. Um, but, Denny, it occurs to you that, according to Catholic tradition, Catholic priests have to serve Mass every single day. And you can't remember the last time you've had a church service. There's uh, definitely well, a chapel. Let's ask for one tonight. There's definitely a chapel on the... Have we been inside the, the chapel? Do we remember having gone inside the you chapel? You don't. Then let's check out the chapel then. Yeah. And maybe when the father comes home, uh, we can ask for a, a mass before we go out for a hunt. That's a good idea. So, all right, you guys, you guys go over to the, the chapel. Um, the chapel is locked, the door. Um, but it's it's in disrepair. It wouldn't be that hard to jimmy the lock or to open the door. Um, we'll say that without any trouble, we can manage to do that. Inside, uh, it's, you know, the remnants of a Catholic church. The important things have been removed, probably taken by the, you know, they're not going to leave a statue of Mary in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it has been used in years. It's very dusty, and there's cobwebs and everything else. The one thing you you got a really good one, uh, Denny. That um, in, in remembering things, there are cases where a priest has something that he's done seriously wrong, and the Catholic Church will not allow him to do services and they usually send him off someplace like to a monastery because you know he molested kids or something like that and they they don't trust him with a congregation um so if he doesn't seem like he's the, the most perfect priest he obviously drinks too much um you do occasionally hear him swear and uh it might just be that he's gotten in trouble, and this is his penance that he has to take care of you on this project. We're doing a lot of mental gymnastics to excuse this man. I, to me, it's not what he should or shouldn't be doing regarding faith and promises. It's the fact that why don't we remember any of this? I, I do not know, Hank. So anyways, after another 15 minutes or so, you can hear the car coming up the drive. Um, uh, it pulls into its usual spot. Uh, the door opens and uh, Father O'Leary gets out and walks over to the trunk. And he says, uh, boys, help me bring in the, the groceries. So we'll be having some... Uh, some nice uh, cabbage tonight. Yes, Father. Benny, you're the planner. What do we do? Uh, now, yes. be careful about those, the eggs. You know, we don't want to break any eggs. They cost a lot of money. Let's, let's ask for a mass tonight. Uh, can we have a mass before our 
hunt tonight, Father. We need a little extra encouragement. Well, look, Denny, as you know, we have to fast before we do that. And we've already eaten today. So tomorrow, we'll have then. to do that tomorrow, maybe after your mission. And he pulls out, he reaches in and pulls out an envelope. And he says, I've received your next mission. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But bring the groceries in. And uh, he steps inside and he's like, oh, you did a good job cleaning. See, yes. Let's put this over here. And he starts putting away groceries as you guys are bringing them in. Father, <sighs> Father, I have a, I want to ask you about your faith. I have, what, do you, what are you talking about, Michael? Um, be careful with the wine. I will, but I, we, I saw to it that I would clean your room. And inside, I found You went a, into my room. You invaded yes, my father. private space. What yes, on father. earth did you do that for? I'm sorry, Father. But when, when did I ever give you permission to go into my room? To be honest, I can't remember a lot of things. I can't remember if you didn't give me permission. I don't remember whether it was part of my, whether it was part of my ah, duties. Michael, you're worrying about nothing. Says, but you're all special boys. You're my good boys. Now, now, fetch that there. Let's let's fix that for lunch. And we'll take a look at what uh, what our instructions are. Who gave well, you the shouldn't mission? Shouldn't we be fasting, Father, if we're going to do mass tomorrow? We don't have to fast until after midnight. All right. Who who assigns you the missions to give to us, Father? Now, now, Denny, you've asked me that before, and I told you I can't. I don't remember. Tell you. I told you I cannot tell you. It's part of the the whole organization. Now he says that. But you do recall him slipping and saying something about Archbishop. But he was drunk when he said it. He says, everything that we do has to remain a complete secret. If the authorities found out what we were doing, they wouldn't understand at all. How much wine do we have? There's a couple of bottles. Maybe tonight, and I'll let Hank and Michael know. Well, this, this mission, work. it'll have to be after the mission because this one seems to be a pretty important one. And it's, it's going to be quite a, drive, quite a drive. You're going to be having to drive into uh, uh, New Hampshire. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're going into Talwick. Um, it's about two and a half hours from here. Okay. So he he starts fiddling with stuff, but he eventually makes you lunch. Um, do you guys want to say anything over lunch? <laughs> Father, I, I feel my resolve is wavering. I don't know why on earth would you think that your resolve was yeah, after all these years, after all that we've been through together. I have so much confusion. I, I don't know. You just need to keep your center. You need to keep your focus. You need to remember why you're here. It'll all be over soon. We won't have to continue this forever. It's just until these missions are done. 
You know, the Catholic Church has a very good retirement policy for its servants. I'm not worried about my retirement policy. Father. You're going to end up on some tropical island somewhere, living in the, on the beach, enjoying the good life, all thanks to the Catholic Church. I'm worried about my immortal soul. What? We have so many questions. Listen to me, Michael. As long as you are obedient, then I take responsibility. I'm giving you the orders from the church, and as long as you are obedient to those orders, then you don't have anything to worry about your immortal soul. Uh, you're not committing any kind of a, uh, of sins. You're, the church has ordered you to do it. You're perfectly fine. Well, don't okay. be feeling don't be feeling guilty because these monsters, you know, have been eliminated. I'm sorry, the church is using you, and you know that it's using you. But you knew that in the beginning when you signed up. And I want to be an instrument of the church. Well, good. You should be an instrument. You should be like a little angel on earth, which is what you all are. Angels on earth, obedient to the church, unquestioning in your love and and, uh, faith. Now, pass me the mashed potatoes. (laughs) Father, where are the images of our Lord? Ah, I've been wondering about that myself. I think they took them all when they... uh, they vacated what thirty years ago. Says in, why did they vacate again? Ah, uh, monasteries come and go. The problem is financial problems. You know, um, monasteries have to sustain themselves. Everything the everything runs on money, even monasteries. And if they don't have the money, then or maybe there just wasn't enough people joining the monastery anymore. In any case, don't worry about that either. We'll see if we can get something. There's unfortunately no place inside town that uh, that can provide uh, religious items. Maybe I'll, uh, I was going to say, maybe I'll order something online. I can't do that again. It's 1951. <laughs> maybe I'll shout really loud out the window and see if somebody brings me something. I'll see if I can send a letter to the archdiocese and see if they can send us some religious items. You are right, Father. I will now know to know no more. So, my me boyos, our mission, and he pulls it out, is going to be probably your most dangerous one so far. Mostly because, um, I mean, you, you haven't really known the love of a woman, any of you in your lives. You've uh, you've been pretty much dedicated to the Catholic Church. In this case, you're going to be going after a monster that is, in fact, uh, looks like, acts like a woman. She calls herself Jane Richmond, and uh, she lives in uh, Talwick, Maine, with we believe uh, someone that she calls a husband. Now, he's an innocent. He doesn't know what's going on at all. But uh, this uh, Jane Richmond, she comes from the old country, and uh, there's not really a good name for what she is. 
but the closest would probably be vampire. She doesn't drink blood, but she sucks the life out of people. She's already been married seven times, and each of her husbands has died of what appears to be heart failure, old age. In fact, her current husband is, I believe, Lee, I believe if our records are correct, he's in his 40s, but he looks like he's in his 60s. She matches her, she can change her appearance. In fact, she can change to look young or old. So she looks like she belongs with him. She stays looking his age. And somehow she's able to glamour him so that he can't, that he doesn't know what's going on. But she's our next target. She lives in a small house uh, at the top of a hill in Talwick, Maine. And um, because of their lifestyle, you're going to have to do this at that home. So it's going to be a tactical mess. We don't know the full extent of her powers. You is, need to be extremely careful. I'm looking at the father. Is he weaving a tail? What do you want to do a psychology role? Yes. Yeah, do a psychology role. Uh, this is 13 out of 50, so hard. Okay. Spend three if I. No, I mean. He's basically, I, I presented it that way. He's reading this off of the paper. Oh, okay. Um, so, and he hands you the paper so that you've got it in your hand. He says, so, boys, I think right after, I think you should get there a little bit earlier. Because if you try to break into the house while they're asleep, there could be all sorts of problems, you know especially with the husband there. So maybe if you can manage to catch them. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep burping between, uh, between sundown and, uh, and midnight, you could take care of the problem. I don't know that you're going to be able to avoid the husband entirely, but whatever you do, don't hurt him. He's not involved. He doesn't know that he is involved, but it's he's complete innocent. He doesn't know that she's this thing that's sucking his life out. His father. Now then, let me go see what you did to my room. You said you cleaned it. And he uh, gets up and he walks in there. And maybe there's a moment of embarrassment on his face when he says that. Um, but you did clean this room, so <laughs> so it is clean when he gets there and he says, well, you did a spick and spick. Did you put the book back where it was? No, I, I left it on your desk. You know, Father, I'm quite fond of books myself If when you're finished with that one. We'll see. We'll see. It's not something that I shouldn't have had in the first place, but temptation, you know. And he uh, he goes to his room, closes the door. My my faith in the father is shaken. 
we have explored our doubt to the limits of prudence. Now we must walk in faith. Why? We, we, we don't even know. It could be anyone who, who is writing these letters. It does not look like the father's handwriting, does it? Right. And there's sort of a, there's sort of a regalia about the letter. It's not just mm -hmm. a plain letter in a plain white envelope. It's, pop it, it looks like that. it comes from some religious, from the Catholics. I wouldn't actually know this, uh, but is it written in like ecclesiastical Latin or something? You, or? you, you haven't seen much more than just it's typewritten. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's not written in Latin. Who is this woman? Presumably another one of uh, Satan's servants on earth. No, no, no. Past that. Past just calling her uh, a demon or a monster. Who is she? How did she become the way she she did? Since when do we care about these things, Denny? We killed that man last night. We don't know anything about him either. You have framed the question as if there would be an answer to who. This is not a who. This is some some limb of Satan. You're right. This is a, a living puppet. Even if the father's in, indulging where he shouldn't, this feels just and correct. It feels good, I even admit. I have the tendency to be um, a little over um, critical in others when I don't examine my own faith enough. But I will make the statement that the father's sins, given the context of our mission here on earth, seem rather um, mundane. I agree. The times are changing and father's just changing with them and maybe we can change too a little bit. All right. Then we have a job to do. Okay. So... It's afternoon. What time do you want to leave to go on your mission? He said early. Go early. It's going to take you two and a half hours to drive there. You want to be there between what? Seven and midnight. Yeah, that sounds good. So leaving around three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Something like that. Okay. So just before you leave, of course, he comes out and he says, now, boys, he says, uh, I want you to be extra special careful. I want you to come back safe and sound. Um, watch each other's backs. Make sure that you're all safe. Um, and uh, watch for that, that vampire woman to try and suck the life out of you. 
So he reassures you, but he also scares the shit out of you a little bit with that. Um, all right. So you got your equipment. You get into the car. You're dressed in black. Um, you start to drive. Um, and after about an hour and a half or so drive, who's driving, by the way? I'll drive. Okay. Hank, after about an hour and a half of driving, you realize that Father O'Leary forgot to fill up the tank. Are we out of gas completely or is it? No, but you're, you're getting low. All right. Look, start looking for gas station, fellas. We got to pull over. Now, none of you effectively have any cash. Um, there is a kind of a spot in between the two front seats where change tends to fall. And there's probably a few quarters in there. Of course, it's 1951, so gas doesn't cost much. Mm-hmm. Well, if it'll get us to where we need to go anyway. So scrounge up some okay. change. So you pull into the gas station and a young guy, probably 15 or 16 years out, dressed in a white uniform, the little white hat on his hand, you know, his head, he comes out and he says, uh, fill her up, mister. Yes, thank you. You want me to check your oil and your tire pressure? No, that's not necessary. Just the gas, please. Okay. So he starts doing that. There is a small convenience store next to the gas station. We still have some change left. Yeah, you probably. We don't typically do, like, we don't go to stores, right? That's not. You can't remember if you ever have or haven't. Well, if the father can, I can. I'm going to get some candy. I just want to see what it's like. All right. So Denny's going to get up and go inside. What do you guys do? You're both. You're all going to go. I'm going. Mike, are you coming? Uh, yes. Okay. Just for a look around. Mm. The um, convenience store has that convenience store sort of smell. Um, it's a smell you haven't smelled in a long time. Um, Denny, as you uh, walk in, do a spot hidden for me. You can all do spot hiddens for me. Oh, three. Uh, 13. Okay. Right. Five. If, if you passed, you all kind of notice because it's, it's kind of in the front window as you're walking in. There is a rack with paperback books in it, and you distinctly see that purple, um, purple covered book. Strangers on a train. Of course, theirs is new. Um, did you want to get anything? Did you want to buy anything with your change? I, I want one of those candies, sir. Okay. Sure, go ahead. It's a nickel. Okay. I'll pay for it. Okay. Do I have enough to purchase these strangers on a train? Sure. It's 10 cents for the book. Um, you grab the book. Uh, anything else? Pink? No, I'm just kind pro- of just taking in the shop, looking probably like an idiot, like wondrous. Probably, what all probably this restrooms is. too, if you guys need yeah. to use the restrooms. Make that two candies then. Okay. All right. All right. So you make your purchases. Uh, you pay for your gasoline. The uh, attendant is very friendly and 
polite to you as you guys get back into your car. Um, what do you do when you get back into your car? I'm opening up the candy. I don't like where this road leads, Denny, but I will not stop you at a time like this. You want some? No. How about you, Hank? Oh, go on then. Yes, I will try one. Okay. All right, Here. so the two of you are going to have candy bars? Yes. I'll, I'll toss them the other candy bar because I bought two. Sit yourself, um, Michael. Hank, before you start up the car, you take a bite of the candy bar. So does Denny. Um, you suddenly, you know that um, tastes and smells can reawaken memories. And, uh, and when, you, when you take it, you, you, for a moment, you can really remember that dream that you had. Um, but Denny, you think you're in a big city. You can hear, you remember hearing honking like cars going by and the sound of traffic. And this thing that's coming towards you with its arms outstretched, it doesn't seem quite so menacing as it did in your dream. Uh, but that's all that you sort of get. It's, you know, it's still not clear, but it's right there at the edge of your mind. Like if you could just reach out and grab that memory, you'd be able to remember where the hell you saw it and where it came from. You can't really remember the last time you were in a city, but something tells you that you were inside of a city at some point. Um, uh, Hank, uh, your dream, uh, you're, you're in that room again. There's colored balls up above you and, um, there's lots and lots of little fingers or, or hands that are pulling on your clothes and, at first, it's still alarming, but then it's kind of like, no, this is supposed to be a happy place. And once again, it's right on the edge, and you, you can't quite grab that feeling, that, that whatever it is that's there. And Michael, of course, you're stoic and the same as you are. Um, Hank, are you going to continue to drive then? Yes, I'll... I'll pull away and we'll head on All right it's very oh. strange you know eating this candy it makes me almost remember something and just can't put my finger I'll, on it i'll dangle the candy bar i have that i bit into in front of my last chance i'm reading i'm looking at the through the book oh yeah that okay as he's dangling the candy in front of my face trying to evade the candy so you do a quick sort of glance through the book, see if you can figure out what it's about. Um, you start to get the gist of the book. Um, it's not a, it's not a large novel. It's fairly well written. Um, it's, it's a thriller. It's definitely like a murder thriller sort of book. Not the kind of thing the priest should be reading. Um, but kind of innocent enough, except that it has to do with a man who 
is very unhappy in his marriage. And rather than get a divorce from his wife, he's thinking about murdering her. And it sort of intrigues you that that's part of the story. And so you sort of skip ahead and stuff and you get the name of the story, Strangers on a Train. He finds another man on the train who is also unhappy in his marriage and is going to, and was thinking, trying to find a way to get rid of it. They decide that they will murder each other's wives. They're complete strangers. They have no motivation for murdering this person. It's the perfect crime because both of them will never be suspected for murdering somebody else. They can both be in some place when their wives are murdered so that they have perfect alibis. And that's the gist of the story that you're reading. Um, it doesn't reawaken any memories or anything, but it seems rather lurid. Uh, certainly not uh, an uplifting piece of literature. I will discard this at the next opportunity. Okay. So, hey, what about us? I I, I don't think this is um, proper for those of our station. So you drive on, and um, all the while you're you you're plagued by trying to grasp this memory that doesn't seem to be helping you at all. Uh, you find the property. And of course, it's still light out probably when you find the property and you're going to park nearby and do your usual thing of hiding in the bushes. Um, so you park the car down the hill a ways uh, in a road that looks like very few people probably would ever tra traverse. You park it in such a way that it looks natural like it should be parked there. And uh, you start to get your equipment out and get it ready. Although you're making sure that nobody is looking. You're, you're rather secluded. I would like you to all do dex rolls. And tell me what your scores are. Two. Two. Uh, 25 out of 60, hard. Uh, 61 over 60. So you failed, okay. So, Hank, you're, you're, you're kind of, you've kind of set these thoughts aside because you've got a, a mission now. You've got to work on this. You know where the house is. You can almost see it up there. You know, there's gardens around it. Uh, it actually looks rather pretty, you know, flower gardens and, and trees. And a big, pretty house um, with the lights just starting to come on because the sun's going down. Um, Denny, the same, you see the same, uh, you're getting your, your weapon out, your stuff and getting it tactically suited. Michael, as you, uh, you get out and you're, um, you're putting the stuff in your pocket, um, you turn the, 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 the door of the car is open as you turn and something catches on the edge of the door. And when you, because you're in movement as your body is turning, 
something pops off of your your shirt, your uh, lapel, and you realize that your magnamater pen has popped off and it's lying on the ground over there. And as you turn and you look at it and you're you're like going to reach for it, you suddenly have this wave of nausea sort of flowing over your body. And you suddenly start to remember something. You start to remember that your that room that you were in you were at your friend's house that all of these mannequin things are people it's a birthday party and your wife is bringing in the cake that's the flaming thing in the air you're not even catholic you were never in the war and your mother and father are at the party you aren't even an orphan um the other two of course you you notice michael suddenly looking very strange but he uh mike Michael staggers around and then is on his knees with his his hands on his temples. He's just closing his eyes and muttering to himself. Mike, Mike, what's wrong? Brother Michael? I consider how my life was spent over this dark world and wide and then one vision which is death to hide. Michael. um, Michael, what is wrong? I, Michael, uh, you also, you know Hank and Denny, but you haven't known them for very long. I back away from both of them. And um, do I want to feel around in my pocket for my switchblade and just have my hand on it? It's there. I mean, you feel you can trust them because you... Okay, I relax my hand from it. But but yeah, you're you're very confused all of a sudden. What do you guys want to do? Are you good to do this mission, Mike? Something something is wrong. Something I am I am being perplexed to the extreme. You need to sit this one out? Perhaps. He's as white as a sheet. Why don't you let Denny and I take this one? We're going to kill those monsters. Um, When Doyle says that to you, Michael, you suddenly can remember, like last night, the old man that you attacked. You remember the whole thing just like it happened, except that you didn't see an old man at all. You saw, I mean, you didn't see a monster at all. This was some old homeless guy, and he was just trying to get the hell away from you. Uh, 
And he screamed out in terror as you guys were attacking him. But he did hit you, only he didn't have any weapons. He just hit you with his hand, his no claws. You murdered a completely innocent man. And then you remember the insect guy wasn't an insect guy either. He was some person. You've murdered people. Hank and Denny. What's going we on? Have done, we have done something horrible. No, we haven't. They're monsters. We, we are righteous in our mission. I don't think you are remembering it correctly. I, th- I think that now I'm remembering it correctly. Not, I am remembering it correctly now. Something is wrong now. Can you do a psychology check on Michael? Kind of get a sure. yeah, idea of his mental state. And 07, now I'm rolling really well. Yes. He seems genuinely terrified at this moment. But not he's, insane, not crazy. I mean, what he's saying to you, um, it makes no sense. But at the same time, you yourselves have not been able to completely remember. Um, perhaps Michael, you know, takes a step backwards away from you. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, he's stepping a foot closer to that pen lying on the ground. And when he does, he closes his eyes and sort of looks like he's going to swoon. Um, and then he quickly moves away from the pen. And can I memory comes back. Can I tackle Denny and try to physically remove his pen? You can. He's got weapons. <laughs> and he knows how to use them. I will... I will lunge at it. All right, I'll try and dodge. Okay, go ahead. Uh, that is failure because I got a fifty out of uh, thirty. That is also a failure. Okay, so he lunges forward towards you, Denny, and snatches towards your pin, but uh, he doesn't connect, and you you manage to uh, sort of pull away as he gets Denny, to look, you. Look at me. What? Remove. I. If, if there's ever been anything, if, if, if you'd ever listened to me once, listen to me now, t- take the pin off your body. All right, uh, fine. We'll drop it. Okay. You take the pin off and you drop it on the ground. And at first, nothing happens, but then you also feel this See? wave of Wait. nausea. And... Uh, oh. And it remains when you're close to the pen, but when you back away from the pen, you suddenly also start to remember you are on the streets of Boston and there are people around you. And the thing that was coming at you is your fiance. And she's just reaching out to throw her. You had a dinner date with her in the city and she was just, you know, greeting you, throwing her arms around you, gently kissing you. You were also a cop. You're a policeman. You weren't in the, the military. And you certainly were not an orphan. 
Hank, oh. you're watching this all happen. And the realizations that I'm seeing crossing their faces, I'm like, I've got to just, I'm going to take my pen off too. Yeah. You toss your pen away. You had children. Your party with the little kids coming up and grabbing a hold of you. Daddy, daddy. Um, you, you had a whole life. It all comes rushing back. All of the orphan stuff, the, the, the military stuff, was all a lie. And you all can do sanity rolls because you do realize that you murdered at least three people in cold blood that had no defense. And you would never do anything like that. Success. Pass. Okay, success. You all, you all can take two points of damage, but you guys are extremely angry. No, I think I would do it again to the priest. What did he do? What did he do to us? Does the priest wear a pen as well? You've never seen the priest wearing a pen. What did he do to us? He took away control. Our lives. Yes, everything. I want to see my fiance again. Let's get out of here. We need to talk to we need to talk to the father right now. I think we need to tie him to a chair first. Cuz I don't want him to get away. Their lives. I'm not yes. killing another person. Another innocent person. All right. So you guys hop in the car. What do you do about the pens? Run him over. Yeah, let's crush him. Uh, actually, <laughs> our tires are going to pop. <laughs> let's bury him. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Do you actually go over to where the pins are? If you move towards the pins and get within a couple of feet, you get that wave of nausea and you sort of no. feel oh, your okay. memories then moving I... away from you. And Yeah. Just leave them there. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I think that is a good little spot to take a little break. Five minute break. Be right back. Going to some weird places. I like it. Our programming is wearing off. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's beat, beat this guy up. <laughs> let's do it. He's, he's probably like cultist. And it's just like the book. You use strangers to do your bidding. Mm-hmm. You got any good games this weekend besides Amberith? Uh I've got 10 candles tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, for the first time, get a feel for it before Necronomicon. I see. I ran that for my lads back at home. Did you did you enjoy it? Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was a good experience. Um, how many GMs do you have in your group? None. Oh, okay. It, I think it helps if you have a lot of GMs in really? your group because they they know how because to, they take the narrative. Yeah, and they they take the narrative, and they're usually good at improvising. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
I yeah, don't they have, have that a perspective. ton of hope for this. Like the my friends are enthusiastic, but not really particularly good at role play. But mm. you know that they're interested in doing it. And I was like, yeah, you know, why not? Let's well, give it a shot. But, yeah. You should still run it at Necronomicon, regardless of what happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What one? Uh 10, Ten candles. candles. You know, Necronomicon's like a month away. Like exactly. I know. A month. That is crazy. I know. I keep saying, I've still got time. And I'm like, I think I need to get my suitcase out and start packing it right yeah. now. Uh, okay. All right. So you hop back in the car and you're going to head back to the monastery. Well, we have enough change left to buy some rope. Or do I know rope? You, well, yeah, I was going to say you might have rope, but... You never tie the monsters up, you you just dispatch them. So yeah, I'm like tying the priest up. You 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 might have enough money for rope. Um although you don't know where there's like a hardware store. You actually don't know where anything is. It's just lucky you found the gas station. Uh perhaps we can stop at the gas station and ask, maybe buy a little more candy. That was good. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. We'll just say whatever you want, you know, this okay. gas station. So maybe they have a rope if that's what you want. Um, so you get what you want. You uh, voraciously eat some candy because now you can. And you remember the taste is so good. I'm Bring not even Catholic. All right. Um, you get back about 1030 p.m. as you pull into the uh, thing. You can see there are lights on in the the main rooms of the monastery as you pull up. Um, so I'll say you, you get out of the car. Uh, what do you do? Michael, Hank, I'm still the tactical planner here. So I think you should go in, Michael, before us. We'll approach from the front. You can try and get behind the uh, good father and... Uh, knock him out while we distract him. Sounds like a good idea. Hank and I will try and convince him that uh, we lost you. Yes, that sounds good. Some, something went wrong. We lost you. We came running back. The vampire got him. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, I'll also hand Michael the rope. Wait, but, Danny, we don't look like we've been in a fight. Let's like muss ourselves up a bit. Yeah. All right. Dirty up my suit. So who's going in in first? Uh, Michael's going to go around. Uh, Hank yeah, and I are know. going to just head straight in. Okay. Yep. I'm assuming there's multiple entrances into this monastery. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There's quite a few. Um, all right. So Denny and Hank, uh, you go through the front door. Um, the lights are kind of low. Um you don't see Father O'Leary, but you can hear him. You're pretty sure he's in his room. Um, you're pretty sure he is snoring away. Well, I mean, you can hear him snoring away. Uh, you can also see an empty bottle of whiskey next to the chair that he usually sits in. Um, so he's probably drunk. Um, Okay. In that case, I'll and then sign the, you, to Michael. You see Michael come in from the other direction. 
Time up. Yeah, I mean, we're three guys. Yeah, we can do this. Versus one knocked out guy. So, yeah. Let's... Go in time up. Yeah. Is his, do they have a, does he have a lock on his door? No, there's no locks. Then we'll just go in there, surround him. Okay. How are you Time going up? in? Fast. Yeah. So you, you kick, kick open down the, the door, door, just go okay. in. Yeah. You kick down the door, you kick open the door and it flies open and uh, makes a lot of racket. And you, you, he, he, you hear him in the bed and he's like, oh, what, what, oh, oh, what the, what the hell's going on? He says, oh, uh, Hank, Denny, you scared the living daylights out of me. I don't think uh, he has enough time to say that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm grabbing, I'm like grabbing his clothes by the front and like shoving him in a chair. What are you doing, Hank? Hank. I punch him uh, in the face. What do you punch him in the face? Oh, what, what the hell are you doing, Denny? Why have you I'm lost your I'm fucking up. minds? <laughs> So-called father, Sean O'Leary. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Michael. What, 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 what did Denny, the badges do? Thanks. What, what, what are you doing? Uh, did you, did you take care of the, the pins, monster? Father. What, what, what are you saying? We you got, got rid, rid of, of the pens. Oh, boys, what have you done? Oh, what have you done? Oh, God, boys, you have no idea what you're even talking about. My God, you where are the pins? You, you got rid of them. Where are our oh, families? God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're in such trouble now. I'm slapping oh, him across the face. <laughs> Stop hitting me. God damn it. Give us our lives back. Just, I, I don't. What the hell did you do, boys? Oh, no, you have no idea the kind of danger we're in now. Oh, my God. You were already in Tell danger. us what's going no. on. Yeah, or we're going no to kill you. an idea. Oh, God. Oh, no. We're all doomed. We're all dead now. You doomed us all. Oh, God. Ah. Ah. I suppose I'll explain it all to you. Denny, will you go put some coffee on? No. Put some goddamn coffee on. I'm, I'm as drunk as a skunk, and I need to wake up if I'm going to tell you this, the whole feckin' thing. Michael does so. Uh, you're a good boy, Michael. Oh, God. Get, get away from me. Let me get up on my own. I'm not a man. You're going to hit me again. You hit your, I suppose you hit people now. You had us kill innocent people you and you know. want to complain about hitting? Hank, you just don't know what you're saying. You don't have a clue what's well, really going on. Explain it to we, me. I will. Just give me a few minutes to compose myself. I ain't gonna. And you know, you can, wake up! By how are you gonna do it? Don't you hit me? You're gonna burn in hell for hitting the priest. Now, now, just calm yourselves down. Lying's also a sin, Father. I slap him again. He's like, uh, strike me again. And um, what? He says, no, get out of my way. I'll, 
I'll tell you everything, but you're not going to believe a word of it. You've, 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 you've broken the spell. And he, uh, he looks extremely upset. He also looks kind of terrified. Um, he, if you guys let him come in to the main room and sit down at the table and Michael has made some coffee, boys, the world's not the way you think it is. The world's not so simple. The world's, the world's not what you think at all. There's not even just one world. There's two worlds. How do I explain this to you? In a way that you can understand. At night, when you go to sleep, sometimes you dream. Everybody dreams. But some people, they have much deeper dreams. They have dreams that lead them somewhere. There's a whole world, a dream world. It's like Earth. It's got cities, and it's got people living in it, and it's got fields and animals and plants and trees and everything else, rivers and lakes. Except that it's older. It's far older. It's more like 400 years in the past. Oh, boys. And there are some people who are dreamers. I'm a dreamer. I'm able to cross over into that world, but I am a slave. And the man who has enslaved me is called the Archbishop. The Archbishop is the arch, he's the Archbishop of a city called Celophaeus. It's the main chief top kingdom in all of the dreamlands. And the king who rules it is called Kuranis. The archbishop is an evil man, and he is attempting to do a political coup on the, on the king. He's enslaved me. There's nothing I can do about it. He will haunt my dreams and drive me to insanity if I ever disobey him. But he had me find you candidates, and he's the one who confused your minds with the amulets. He made, he rewrote your histories. He gave you false identities because the people you've been killing are members of King Kuranis's court, and he needs to eliminate them before he can have his coup on the king. Wow. The problem is, is that he's going to know now tonight. He's going to know tonight that we failed. He knows all about you, all about your real lives, all about my life. All right. He's he's going to seek revenge on us. He's going to destroy our minds. He's going to fill our thoughts with nightmares, and we're going to scream 
every night in terror and I don't know. Let's say we believe your paragraphs of insane ramblings. What what would you want us to do now? You've just done destroyed us all. There's no hope anymore. Why don't we kill him first? I don't know where he is. I don't. I know his name. His name is Lewis Mahoney. Because you're random. You're you're just completely random people. There's no way to trace it back to him, Lewis Mahoney. But there might be a hundred Mahoney's in the. Uh, I don't know which one's him. In in, in Celafeus, he's uh, Archbishop Anders uh, Anselmonte. But in the real world, he's. You don't believe me. I didn't think you'd believe me. It doesn't matter anyway. We're all doomed. And he reaches over towards the sink and grabs the butcher knife. And when he does, he brings it back and he says, well, I'm not going to put up with it. And he rakes it across his throat and knocks his earphones off in the process. Rakes it across his throat and blood splatters out. And he says, he's not going to win as far as I'm concerned. And he... uh, He's bleeding, so he's there on the... He says, there's no way, no place you can hide. You're all... You're all doomed. There's no one. And he opens up his eyes. He says, except maybe Jane Richmond. And he bleeds out and dies. What do you guys want to do? My God. I kicked the body. What the hell? It, lunacy. He's a monster. It's lunacy. Maybe we should talk to the person that we were told to kill. If she can confirm the existence of this king, then we right. know that he just didn't make it up. Right. Quick, we need Wouldn't to go. I, the night night is I setting. Just, in. I want to get. I wanted. I want to live to see my kids again. I want to see my fiance. Uh, get all, get everything. We're not coming back. Yeah, I'm burning this place down. Okay, you're gonna burn the place down. Yes, take our stuff. Burn the place down. Well, you got kerosene lanterns everywhere, so burning it down won't be that hard. Yeah. All right, let's um, speed off. All right, speed off. Back the way you came once again. We'll park away from where we left the pins. Well, another two and a half hours. It's going to be one o'clock in the morning as you you pull up. You, I'm sorry, did you go to the same spot where you parked before? Or? Different. No, no, we don't okay. want to. You find another parking spot. Um, you make your way up the hill to the house. It's dark. There is a porch light on, but it's one o'clock in the morning. All the lights are off. I'll knock on the door on the, using the knocker. Okay. Um, it takes a few minutes. You 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 knock on the door. There's no reaction. Uh, you knock on it again, and um, if you got if one of you is standing a little bit far away from the door, you see a light come come on upstairs, um, 
And Denny, since you're next to the door, you can see through the little side windows on either side of the door. You can see like lights on the stairwell. Um, and somebody coming down. Um, but it's a man. He's coming down the stairs. He's kind of in the pajamas. And uh, he comes over and he he looks out the little side windows and he sees you all there and he's like, yes, is there something you want? We need to talk to Jane. This is an emergency. Jane? Who, who are you people? It's a matter of life and death. We believe uh, she's in trouble. How do you know my wife? Look, are we going to sit around here all day or are we going to let us in? I can call the police. That's what I can do. You're going to endanger your wife, but not smart. Um, you you say that, and he seems to look like that's a threat. You can see him start to move, and you hear a voice say, um, "John, who is it?" And he says, "There's some crazy people at the front door. They, they're they're threatening us." And she says, "What? Who?" And she comes over, and she you see her look out the door, or out the little window. Jane, what do they want? We know you're a dreamer. We need your help. You say that, danger. and you say that, and her eyes go wide, and she's like, oh, "John, John, this, this, this is nothing. Put the phone down." Um, um, I, I do recognize these people from work. Um, uh, this has something to do with the project we were working on. Would you, um, would you go? Don't worry. No, no, no. It's okay. Just, just, just you know, go. Uh, put some coffee on. And she, uh, you hear her unlatch the door and. She opens up the door and she looks out and she goes, don't, don't, don't talk about this. She says, where are you from? Who are you? Well, um, we know that the archbishop, he's preparing a coup and he's uh, planning on assassinating all the other people in the court. Come inside. And, uh, uh, she says, um, she says, oh, um, John uh, and her husband, you know, she, he's like, I, I'm so sorry they frightened you. Um, uh, this is, um, uh, and she's like, uh, Mark. Denny. Uh, Denny, Denny and uh, Michael. Henry. Uh, Michael and, and Henry. Uh, uh, yeah, they're the friends from work. Um, yeah, put some coffee on. Uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be done with this shortly. It's very late. I'm surprised you guys came this this late at night. Uh, and she gets him to go in the uh, into the kitchen, and she's like, "What? What are what are you saying? You seem we, to know a great deal about the other place. We, we do not know a great deal. We are random people who seem to have been conscripted in whatever whatever situation we know so little about, and we are looking for a way." out of it are, are you are you yourself streamers no we were used by a, a, a dreamer you you said something about uh, uh archbishop on Salamante, the, the archbishop yes yes his real name is uh lewis mahoney and he has a bone to pick with us but we need to hit him first he was planning on assassinating you you know you know, the Archbishop said something to me that made me suspicious of him last night. 
he knew I'd not go along with his plan. I'm fiercely loyal to the king. He threatened me in a ridiculously offhand manner, like like Cardinal Richelieu of uh, Three Musketeers. I think you're saying that, I mean, he expected me to be dead then? Yes. So he hired assassins to... You. He hired yes, you. Yes, but we broke out of the spell, and we're just figuring things out right now. Well, it's very likely that he now knows that the gig is up on his plans. It's treason, plain and simple. Um, but only I can bring the charges against him because I'm a, I'm a dreamer. Yeah, whatever if that he's, means. If he's practicing sorcery in this world, and he actually has managed to do so, you say he confused you. He made you believe something. He made us his pawns. But there's the thing. I need to get back as soon as possible. I was there just a few moments ago. You woke me up. I I thought that he was looking at me with vulture eyes. Wait. Um, our uh, uh, one of the courtiers to King Coranis, he disappeared last night. Um, was he I, older, an old man? Well, not not in our world, but I believe he was a homeless man. Um, I several people have gone. Cleveland to Franco. Yes. Uh, and there are others about, too. Yeah, the Viceroy, uh, Ernest um, Hyperion Hoffman on them. Uh, oh, geez. So this is, I'm the last one on the list. I am the chief of the King's Guard. If he eliminates me, I need to get back as soon as possible, but uh, I just woke up. I I doubt that I'll be able to get back there with all the adrenaline. If you're going to have coffee, you're not going to go to bed at all. What I need is drugs, downers, um, Barbies. Can we knock her out? No, knocking her out is not sleep. (laughs) Why don't we Um, hit this, this, uh, this archbishop? In the real world. We don't know where he is. Do you know anything I mean, about I'm him? surprised that he knew where I was. How did he Not figure really. that one out? I, I, I don't know. He must have been planning this for quite a long time. Uh, um, well, most of us don't know who we are in the real world. And he certainly has been very secretive about that. We don't really suspect anything because why would we even was care? Was there a return address on the envelope with the letter? No. It wasn't mailed. You said, do, 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 are, you, are we to understand you have nothing in your home to induce sleep then? Maybe. Maybe something book? in the medicine cabinet. The thing is, is that now I might, and he makes sure, she makes sure that her husband's not listening. I might have to overdose. I might have to take enough to ensure that I go to sleep. I might not survive, but I can save the king. The thing is, is that if he's able to do magic in the real world and enslave people, 
there's no reason to believe that you're the only three. So we have to defend you he while could, you dream? He could be sending he could be sending more assassins. We'll here. defend you and try to try to revive you if you end up overdosing. No guarantees. Okay. Uh, the husband comes back out and he uh, he's bringing coffee. Um, I'll take a cup. And uh, and she says to him, John, I need to go upstairs for a moment and and check something. Just keep our guests company. And she runs up and um, she's gone for a couple of minutes. And then she comes back down with a thing of, of pills. Uh, and when her husband's not looking, she takes a bunch of them. Michael. Right. Knock yes. the husband out. He's just a liability. We don't want to I'll, get him hurt. Just shove him in a closet. I'll do so. Okay. Um, you ta- you do it in such a way that you don't give him brain injuries. <laughs> All right. We'll say that you managed to do that. Um, so the night... Um, she manages to, to fall asleep and, uh, you can feel if you feel her pulse that it's getting slower and slower. Um, right about 4 AM or so, uh, they have a very nice house. You've noticed they have a very nice house. Um, you start to hear some odd noises coming from outside noises that shouldn't be going on at four in the morning um is it a two-story house yeah it's a two-story i'd like to be on the second floor okay and i'm pulling my gun out so okay so you're looking out and you notice um i would do a spot hidden for me (laughs) that's a 96 out of 75 well, you're all being tactical, so the other two can do spot hidden for me. Okay. 61 out of 75. A fail on my... Yeah, regular. Okay. So Hank's the only one that sees it, but you think you see a shadow crossing the yard. And I'm gesturing. Okay. Um, Can't see it. It happens before, yeah, the other two can see it. But you have reason to believe that somebody has approached the house. Um, Everybody do a listen roll. I'll spend the single point of luck to make it. That's a six. So, yeah, that's a success. I failed. Okay. So, those of you who passed, you can hear... (laughs) like a shotgun being uh, clicked somewhere I, towards the back of the house. Can I predict the entrance that they will go from and then prepare uh, the garage? Um, sure. Yeah. You think the most t- tactical spot for them to come in would be the back door. Um, as long as they thought the coast was clear. Of course, they see that there's lights on now. They know that you know. Um. I would like you to do um, somebody raises up outside with the shotgun uh, pointed 
in general at the house, but they're right outside the window. Um, they could probably see your shadow and you can see them. Uh, what do you want to do? I, I would like to be at the position where I would like to retreat to the position where it seems like they would need to reach her. They would need to pass through it, but I, yet I, I can remain unseen. Any the sort of stairs is a good chokehold. Okay. Um, do a luck. That's a 13. So that's a success. That's pretty good. All right. You uh, managed to reposition yourself. And as you are repositioning yourself, there's a gunshot, a, a shotgun shell uh, explodes. The back window shatters and it hits the wall, the plaster in the wall right near your head. Uh, as you're moving, so it misses you, and you take no points of damage, but you were shot at. Uh, what, do, what does Hank and Denny do? Hank, you hear this from downstairs. Right. Do I mean, no, I'm our... sorry, Denny, you hear this from downstairs. Is it safe to say we have our guns? I don't know. Yeah, you but probably got be ready for this. You yeah. went yeah. and got them okay. once she said you need to. Right, okay. And then, yeah, I'm going to... They're still outside. Right. I'm going to go around the back of the house and try to, to shoot them. Okay. Um, do a do a spot hidden. Hole. No. Okay. So you're moving around the back of the house, but you can't see any of them. You can't see where he or they are hiding because it's dark outside. Um. Denny, do a do a luck roll for me. Okay. 35 out of 36. Very nice. Okay. As you are, I, I, I assume that are you going to move tactically downstairs? Uh, I was actually hoping that so the building, it's a two-story. Is right, there a house. is there an overhang where I can get on top of the roof of the first floor? Yeah, there's probably, I mean, outside of the windows, there's probably balconies. Yeah, I want to do that because they wouldn't predict I'd do that. Okay. Um, hopefully I get a different angle. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll say it because you wouldn't have thought of it at the moment, but you're starting to move closer to dawn. So the sky is being lit up. If you try to climb up onto the roof, mm -hmm. if they're looking, in that direction, they'll see your shadow immediately okay. on the roof. So it might not be safe to do exactly that. In that case, I am going to back up Hank. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Hank, what were you doing? You're I had gone around the back and you'd gone around the back. To see them. Okay. Yeah. Um okay, so I'm sorry, Diddy. So are you then coming downstairs? Yeah, I'm coming just, downstairs. Okay. You're coming down the stairs. There is a wall switch on the wall that seems, um, it seems obvious what it is, though I don't exactly know how it seems obvious, but it would turn on the yard lights if you hit it. What was that? Uh, I'd like to go for that then. Okay. 
and then you, I'm gonna immediately hit the deck as soon as I okay. You hit it. that. There's yard lights throughout the gardens and everything. They all come up. Uh, Hank, you're standing there. You're suddenly illuminated, but at the same time, the two guys that are standing in the backyard are also illuminated. Oh, uh, yep. what did you want to do? I'll take a shot at him. Okay, go ahead. They're going to try to dodge. As a side comment, when I see Denny coming down the stairs, I I think we're shifting to a more aggressive strategy. So I'll I'll run out to try to the yard. Okay. Yep. I I it's a, I can make it a hard but regular success. Yeah, I got a seventy-five. So they okay. don't realize that right. you're standing there. Forty-six. What are you firing, by the way? Oh, shotgun. I'm probably not at a great range. No, but I would say I'd say you're within fifty feet. Um, okay. I'd also say that that they're tactically near each other, so you might hit them both. Okay. Um, do your damage roll. Right for fifty feet with the shotgun, because there's like three different damage levels depending uh-huh. on how close you are. It says um, 10, 20, 50, but I wasn't sure what the measurement I think those are yards, actually. Okay. Uh, okay. So you're you're actually fairly close with the shotgun. Uh, that's, oh, God, that's 20 damage. 46. Oh, my God. So you hit both of them pretty badly. Um, they uh, almost do the whole you know, flip backwards as you hit them. Um, the boom rings out, of course. It already, one boom has already rang out. Um, there's no houses directly next door, but there are down the hill. So you, those lights have probably come on. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, there's one guy who uh, comes through the back door. Uh, as Denny, you're getting to the bottom of the stairs. He's got a, a handgun in his hand, but um, and he looks like he's going to shoot in your direction. What do you want to do? Oh, how close am I to him? You're probably 15 feet. 15 feet? I'm going to yeah. die for cover. Okay. You hear him pull back the, the handle on the thing, and then suddenly he doesn't do anything. He stands there, and you hear him go, what the fuck? Drop the gun. Boom, you hear the gun hit the floor. Um, I think it worked. All of you, uh, after a few moments, that this one guy, he's like, where the hell am I? Who the hell are you people? Where the hell am I? I oh. look to Denny and I just go. I think we... See if she wakes up and then leave. Yeah. Because the police are probably coming. And then we live our lives. Do you guys wait to see if she wakes up? Yes. I'd say about, well, the police are definitely going to be coming into this neighborhood. This is a wealthy neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, hide the shotgun. <laughs> there are two dead bodies in the backyard in the garden with shotgun 
explosion. Uh, this this guy who came in the house at some point he just like turns and runs for his life because he doesn't know what the hell is going on. Um, you do notice that he has a little pen on him mm-hmm. as he runs away. Apparently, it's not working any longer. Um, you guys gonna wait for the police? No, I'm gonna no, run. It's, it's, she's yeah, gonna, yeah, she's yeah. this is her house. We can always come back or watch. Right. But, right. Time for freedom. So I'll just give you like an epilogue. Uh, the police are baffled by the invasion, a home invasion, they call it. Um, the husband is in the, he's found in the closet, uh, tied up and kicking. Uh, he describes the three of you, uh, but he, and he's, there were people that worked with my wife. She unfortunately dies of the overdose. Um, and an investigation begins, but you guys have clear visions of where your lives were. And so you kind of return to your lives. Now there's some difficulty there because you've been missing for at least three weeks and nobody knows where you've been or, or anything. So you each have to come up with some excuses to where you were and everything goes back to normal, except that you might be a little bit mentally damaged from the events of that experience. And that is the end of the story. Very good. You were the good boys. Um, is there any part of the story we did not learn about? I don't think so. I think you got not it. Um, it's good. No, I think you got everything yeah. in there. That was really good. I like that. Yeah, that, that was good. good. Yeah. That was fun. Well, let me go ahead and finish it up, and uh, we can talk about it. Our players included Alex Sun, Chase Kapner, and Holly Buto with myself as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft with the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.